0: Hello, hello, hello. What's going on? This is the Baby Daddy Podcast, and I am the Baby Daddy. And today, I was just sitting there thinking about, I just saw this video, and it was Ja Rule, and he got hired, I believe, for Milwaukee at a Bucks game. And it was 90s night, and they got Ja Rule to perform at halftime. Now, it's super quiet. No one's even cheering. No one. There's no DJ even playing this shit. So, in like the clip, he's like, "Yo, y'all ready? Y'all ready?" And uh, <laughs> they weren't ready for Ja. Ja was like, "Okay," and he just left. And I thought about this. What happened to Ja Rule? So then I started to think about it more. And like, I think Ja Rule is the ultimate victim of the fake hip-hop fan. You know, you got to think about what Ja Rule was doing. Numbers. Numbers. Right? But I think that Ja Rule's biggest issue was his ego. Because if you look at Ja Rule when he first started out, you know, he started out with Cash Money Click. And that's, like, some queens together, like him, Mike Geronimo. I think Ir- Irv Gotti was, like, the, the producer or DJ. And it might have been, like, um, I mean, I could be wrong with a rapper named Royal Flush. So it was three of these dudes, four, I think, maybe, whatever, right? So anyway, he started out with them. He's doing his, doing his shit. And then, um, you know, he started to get some buzz. And then Irv got linked up with Def Jam and... They was just dropping hits, hits after hits. But this is like not even the complete of like the first album, you know. He was just getting on nigga shit. You know, he got on Jay shit. Um What was Gyro was on? He was on like mad mad people shit. But he was just buzzing like crazy. Like, you know, and this is like in and and technically they was kinda right of like having him like in like a ninety show. He kinda of, he kinda of hit around like ninety-seven. Cause can I get a what What came out Yeah like 98 97 So he was kind of Just buzzing Right So You know But him and DMX Always had this Situation with them You know what I'm saying Cause you know X came out X dropped two Number one albums In a year That's ridiculous But um Ja Rule was like Next up He was you know All these features And everything He was doing the shit and, um, yeah, it's kind of funny. w he was never featured on any DMX songs, but John put a DMX on his album. So, yeah, so anyway, he was like coming up and doing this thing. And then, also he just blew up. He blew up. Now, when he first blew, it was like cool, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, he, he was still doing like street shit, you know what I'm saying? And then, I think, like, the next album is like Rule 336 or some shit like that. Yeah. He was putting out shit that was that was that was dope though, but it was like he getting, started getting more and more to like, you know, that sound, you know. I think Rule Three Three Six was the next album. And that was still some higher shit on there too. But then they started to feel themselves as 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 a group. But you know, you, you should. You got every number one record on the Billboard charts. It's like your shit. You know, you got the shit with like Lil Mo. Like, I think when they started getting like Ashanti, that's when they started getting corny. And now, no, it's no diss to Ashanti because like she did what she had to do. She did like a you know she she had her run too. But I think that they got corny because they got cocky as fuck. Like. Murder Inc was like cocky, like you thought. Dang, Dash and Jay was cocky. These niggas was cocky. Cause they was making shit out of anything. They was making shit, doing reenactment to Greece and shit. Like you know, Jaru got leather jacket on, like he John Travolta. Ashanti like Sandy and shit. It's crazy, and they do all the fuck they wanted to do. And it was like, wow. Um, they can't do no wrong man It's just crazy They got real arrogant And You know Everybody say That Pac told Biggie To make music for like the women If you make it for the women Then you know whatever The the niggas gonna, gonna follow them Cause wherever the women go The men gonna go too Which is true And this is why before I go any further, I say that Biggie Smalls is different because Biggie, he he still did shit that was for ladies, but it was really kind of like for guys, though. It was like low-key, like for us, you know, it's like that conversation that you have, and it's like, yo, we low key understood where Big was going when he made the song that he made. Like, he made One More Chance remix. That's kind of, like, for, like, the ladies, but it's, like, it's really for us, because we gotta, you know, we, like, he's setting he's setting a mood, right? So, like, when Pac said that shit, I really thought about it, and I mean, even Pac, he really didn't go too hard, you know, like, as far as, like, Pop song When he made songs like Keep Your Head Up and Brendan's Got a Baby, and those are songs that I like for women, too. He really didn't really try to come in, like, a lot of, a lot of um, dance kind of songs, but Ja Rule just bled it. Like, he, he just went, he put that motherfucker in, like, phew, he was gone. Like, yeah, that shit crazy. And then in the midst of all this, I feel like with the death of Tupac and the the, uh, that's so cliche, but the death of Tupac and the Notorious B.I.G. I think that it really allowed a lot of fake fans to come into play, a lot of fake, uneducated people that just because you live in like the environment, you you understand a few things, you know, like the hip-hop culture or rap whatever you want to do with it it really was exposed to a different audience not just white america but just people who just really don't listen to it you know i mean it's when you love music you you listen to it differently than others you know and um i think it just became so popular that everybody was just like fuck it you know everybody's doing it. And I think that's 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 the thing that's so crazy about rap and hip-hop now because it's just second nature for people to do when at a time it was like you had to really study and really go into details to try to find out and learn about this culture, right? So in two thousand nine nine two thousand, 2000, it was just like everybody was just hip-hop. It was like hip-hop, you know, it was... You had a lot of trailblazers that led to um, that genre being opened up to so many different people, so many different type of, um, you know, environments and cultures and races and everything else. You know, Lauryn Hill wins, like, eight Grammys. Eminem releases his albums, and that's opened up a whole gate full of, like, Midwest, you know, ICP, White boys, you know what I'm saying? Because I mean, let's keep it real. Eminem's gonna get the the fucking core audience to every white male. Off the off the off the rip. if if you're if you're born if you're a white male when you're born in in the 80s or 90s, without a question, you you're probably like a a die Eminem fan. And he put out a lot of trash ass shit, but his 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 wordplay is just crazy. But that's what you get. A lot of people who don't really understand or know about the culture, and even just have a respect for like your favorite artists or whatever. Because I think that we live in a time where everything is fair weather. You know, like you can, can't even really say to some people or ask them, "What's your favorite f- basketball team, football team?" Or you know, like they gonna go wherever like their favorite player go. Say them to go with like the music and the hip hop and R and B, whatever. You know, cause like back then it was like, yo, if you on the radio like crazy, we gonna fuck with this dude. And Ja Rule had a lot of people who just was his fans because of the fact that he was making popular music. Niggas in Fast and Furious with like the little fucking, the fucking, uh, the, uh, the crackhead straight backs and shit like that. Like that shit was looking, he looking rough. And Ja said, fuck it. I'm getting braids. Like. I gotta give Jaru some credit with that shit. Cause he said, fuck that. I'm, i, I fuck what you thought, nigga. I'm getting braids. Jaru braids were the most pathetic braids I ever seen in my life. And then he had the nerve to like rock them out. Like he got like, man. Anyway, that that was a bad idea, Joe. But he was in Fast and the Furious, like, I don't know, one or two, whatever. They did some stuff off that soundtrack. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, he was just, like, on top of the world, man. Like, John couldn't do no wrong. He did something with Bobby Brown on top of fucking hotel buildings and shit. Like, he just was just doing anything. And he catered everything to, like, his fans and his late, you know, his female fan base, you know what I'm saying? He really was just going in and doing this shit. And everybody followed him. Everybody followed him and everybody did what he did. You know what I'm saying? When, when Ja Rule wanted to start singing on the track or whatever the case may be, they loved it. When Ja Rule was trying to do all that shit with Ashanti, they loved it. But again, I would say this, the arrogance of Ja Rule. And that's the thing about that, that time and era when it came down to like the greatest that was rapping Jay-Z feared nothing. Jaru feared nothing. And in the midst of all that, both of them was taken out by Queens rappers. Uh, Jay-Z didn't really think Niles was going to come back with something against him when he dropped it, you know, the takeover, um, and he just was, like, shocked. You know, Jay-Z thought he can do no wrong. And this is what's so bad about the culture because it was, like, it's we had a time where the people that's in, like, the closest circle don't tell them, like, yo, you got to relax. Like, you can't fucking do that. Or you should be careful or be more precautious. Like, you know what I'm saying? And... That battery was supercharged in like the backs of so many people that was making music, you know, Jay Z, Nelly, um, Eminem, um, Ja Rule, you know, DMX, and a lot of them suffered because of this new fan base that is the white fan base or the suburban fan base or like the uneducated hip hop fan base. You now DMX is like a whole nother situation too. You know what I'm saying? Like that your X dropped two albums in one year, and they both went platinum. It's unheard of. He might have went diamond or some bullshit I don't know. It was some crazy numbers, but he did that shit. And then the first two albums, It's dark and hell's hot, and then Flesh in My Flesh. It was dope. He just did that shit. And then he dropped the fucking, and then there was X. Now, the one song that I say that ruined DMX's career, and for what reason I would say, is Party Up. Once, White America get a hold of a song, and this is no diss to White America. They know who, when, if I have any white listeners, they know who I'm talking about. When White America took that fucking song, Party Up, and they started pulling on every goddamn thing they can think of, the fucking Toyota car commercials, fucking Doritos, uh, any MTV show, anything, Jersey Shore, just every fucking movie you was watching had Party Up in it. They just ruined the song. And the song was so popular, I think it just ruined DMX's career because then he became too cocky. He got too comfortable, too arrogant, and I think that's what happened with him. He just like the popularity of this fan base was that's like I said, White America, the uneducated hip hop uh fan, allowed these rappers to be so arrogant and cocky that they was not on their shit. You know, it's like it's like a boxer. Like when you a boxer and you you know you do things in like in repetition to where every move every next step is going to be pretty much calculated to where it makes you know boom so the same thing goes becomes on the rap but these dudes let let their guard down and just became so comfortable that they almost well o- only one that actually survived was Jay-Z you know DMX didn't survive that era Ja Rule didn't survive that era Because of the fact that you have fake-ass fans that do not really support you. You know? Nelly didn't even survive that shit. He tried. He's holding on pretty strong. But he, you know what I'm saying? But this is what I'm talking about. When people get mad at somebody from that like that's, that's a fan from a certain era of rap or music when they say oh you, you stuck in this but it's it's a reason. Like when you was whack, your people didn't even let you go that far to even releasing that shit. Think about how much whack shit is out from now, from now going back to like two thousand. Think about how much shit do you regret listening to or buying or purchasing or even having an argument like if you like music like how i like music and you go hard and you want to argue with somebody about some shit like you know you don't want to regret that because you can like lose friendships or just be labeled as this kind of person so if you're going to be a fan of somebody you want to be a thorough you know fan and this is what was going on around this time when it was music that was being released in 2000 like that whole era right the 2000 era, I think, is the most regretful era of hip-hop because it's just lost, you know? It's lost. And it's great albums that came out of the era, but it's nothing that's, con- like, consistent, you know? But, you know, the con- okay, so the consistency was there for Ja Rule, right? Because I'm getting off track a little bit. The consistency was there for Ja Rule, you know, but like again, you know, like I said, his arrogance was like, it's his downfall because, you know, you thought you can do no wrong. Like you really, it's like how you look at Nicki Minaj was when she first started to really buzz. Remy Ma was in jail. No female rapper that's, that's, that's really coming out. You didn't have nobody to really fuck with you, you know? And that's how it was for a lot of these motherfuckers, you know? And I think that's what made it different when you came from the era of the 90s, too, because you had to worry about a lot of people. Just alone, you had to worry about nine motherfuckers from Staten Island being on your ass, let alone that's just one fucking group you get to, like, 2000s, you only got to deal with, like, Nas or Jay-Z or Eminem or Nelly or Ja Rule or DMX. But half these people, those people that I mentioned, their fan base is from fucking middle America. Like, even DMX fans and Ja Rule fans aren't really, just like, if... I, I guarantee you, if you did, like, a, a fucking... Census or some bullshit like that, you would see how many fans. I bet you they all like the Dmx and Jairol got more white fans than they do black fans at that time, especially. And that's why that's what kept Jay Z kind of like locked in a little bit because he kind of he kind of stayed in there. Like he made that shit for like the women and shit, but he didn't let really it go too commercial. Like he made the the shit that girls play. Before they get dressed and shit and they going out and they 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 put on like they little their little shit. They fixing like like they wig and shit and pointing at the mirror. He made shit like that for them and they you know, that kept him afloat. But Ja made shit for these white girls, for these motherfucking, you know, these suburban ass motherfuckers, these Mexicans and shit. Cause I don't give a fuck. I think Mexicans love ja Rule. <laughs> I don't know why But I think Mexicans love Ja Rule But I just think that It's just fucked up How Everybody fucking abandoned him Now I am going to start this off and Just talking about Ja Rule Cause if you know anything About these podcasts I just pretty much Go away with the topic and This is unscripted So You know I went in with the conversation To talk about Ja Rule And how his Legacy is it's Like to shit well, not the shit, but it's not what it should be, and it's not stable at all. But it really breaks down the core out, the core audience, or the ideal fan of two thousand hip hop. It's not the same as nineties hip hop or eighties hip hop, you know, because it's it's so much commercialized imagery in it that you don't you can't even tell the difference between the realness and like the fake shit. So. When this happens, like, like, damn, this is crazy. Because, like, what's, like, the last album D- DMX had? It got to be, and then it was X. But that song on there ruined the fucking, like, his career. Let's go back to, like, Ja Rule. What's the song that ruined Ja Rule's life or career? I'm going to say Mesmerize. Yo hips, yo thigh. Uh, uh, that's all right. There. I don't know. Is it? Is it mesmerized? All right. So it's probably mesmerized. But that's the last hit that he had. And then he dropped some shit like, I mean, and, and, and Lord knows that Bobby Brown is like the king of R&B. Let's be real. In my book. But he had Bobby on that shit. Bobby was swabbed up, sweating in that leather ass fucking suit. He was dancing on top of that roof. He had like man, Bobby was fucked up. He was still like, I'm thugging, I'm thugging, I'm thug. And John Ruth can make that shit hot. That shit was doo doo. And you know, he went so deep into like the rabbit hole of bullshit that he really could not he could not pull himself out. So enter Curtis Jackson. So fifty comes out just with heat, you know. Now, mind you, his queen shit. So he was coming out with the same shit that like fucking John was kind of coming out with too, early John. Again, this is like I said, this is like the fair weather friend, fan of hip hop. So of course, the people that were John Ru fans that felt like John left the fucking plantation and went and went to the house. They felt like, man, fuck that Jaru shit. That, that motherfucker corny. So, you know, it's like, Jaru ja was like Nick Cannon and motherfucking love don't cost a thing. Like, he was like, he was real down with his friends. He was down, and then he got a little popular and he just left everybody. Like, man, fuck Nick Cannon. That's how they feel about Jaru. Fuck ja Rule. And then everybody that was fans of Jaru, like diehard Vinny, Vinny Vinny Vinci fans, and, you know, all that shit that he was doing out early on in his career. They left, and they say, yo, I'm fucking with 50. And 50 realized that he started shitting on Ja Rule, and shitting on Murder, Inc., and shitting on Irv Gotti, and shitting on Ashanti, and shitting on everything that they fucking do. And then he dropped that fucking album. Now, he had albums, but when he dropped Get Rich and Die trying, motherfuckers looked at Ja Rule, and they just turned their back. I never seen... So much betrayal from fans in my life. They fucked and left. And Ja Rule was like he like I think Ja Ru just didn't believe it. I think Ja cannot believe it. Like, nah, man. I think and that's that's the sad part about Ja Rule's career. He's still in denial right now to this day. He still thinks that he is like that motherfucking nigger. Like he really felt like, yo, I am that nigga. And it's sad, cause like John, you might not ever be close. Twenty five percent of that nigga that you used to be. Now this man was on top of the world. The nigga had the struggle braids for a long time. Whenever you have, like, <laughs> whenever you like a black man, and you just let your shit grow, like, look at Jay Z. He said, fuck it. That, that's how you know Jay Z is successful. He's comfortable and confident in his fucking shit for real, for real. So maybe Jay wasn't as confident as, as we thought he was previously. But now we see Jay like that. Fuck. He let his shit grow. So when Jaru had some struggle braids and shit, he was like, man, fuck that. I can't do no wrong. Jaru was, just, man, dressing like he was like a rock star, doing whatever the fuck he wanted to do, wearing fucking bedazzled fucking uh, headbands and shit like that. Jaru ja was on some stupid shit. He, he's like, on like, top of the world, man. That nigga had a bedazzled headband. Or bandana, rather. He had that shit bedazzled, man. He said, I couldn't do no fucking wrong. Earth God, he got this motherfucker doing whatever the fuck. Earth God, he was making so much goddamn money. I think he the only reason Why? Def Jam was successful and I think he he probably would have been president of Def Jam if they didn't get indicted by the feds. And that goes just to to, to show how shady and tricky that shit is with that with the whole Dame Dash situation and Irv Gotti and Jay Prince all getting indicted by like the feds and all that other shit or whatever, the investigation. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Because I guarantee you Oh, this shit, yo. So, okay, let me think about this. Then. Earth Earthgotti pretty much had Death Jam on his back, right? For the longest, I'm not sure because I don't have no fucking um no uh, laptop out right now. But Get Rich or Die Trying came out. I want to say around jay-z's like retirement time whatever am i wrong so the the timing of this is crazy because in all actuality i think that irv Gotti would have been the president or the head of def jam if he didn't get in trouble but look at the the fucking trickle down effect of it look who becomes the president of that shit Jay Z. So that could have been easily Irv Gotti's job, but you know, if you if you playing chess and checkers, you know, if you want something if you want something that's kinda like in like your near future, you kinda like prepare for it. I'm not saying that Jay has something to do with Irv Gotti's uh FBI investigation, but Dave Dash was included into, into this investigation raid too. Well, not really like, like the same, but it's just, it all happened around the same time, if I'm not mistaken. So with that being said, Irv Gotti could have been the president of Def Jam and, and they could have been straight. So in this whole entire time, Ja Rule was dealing with 50 Cent and he pulling out a mix mixtapes. He got everybody against Ja Rule and Ja Rule said, fucked it. I'm, you know, I'm from Hollis. Um, You know whatever he, he really thought about Everything he was doing He started getting some Harder shit He did 100 guns 100 clips You know he started doing he, Like he was doing Harder shit And It was just too late Cause once he did The fucking Cookie Monsters joke 50 said that shit And he had The Alex Thomas nigga Do like the little the, the little gay Ja Rule shit Which I think that was crazy Cause I think Alex Thomas was Was, was cool with Ja Rule you know, that's that Cali shit. He was, you know... Jai was in California a lot, too. I think that's why he fucking fell off, too. He was in California. And there's no distance the to California, but I feel like when you're like a New York rapper and you spend a lot of time out in California, you lose that intensity that made you that artist. You know, like that New York sound. And he got... He started doing the Cali shit. He was just... man. He, like I said, he had a... a a rhinestone, bedazzle, bandana. A nigga was like, had like the struggle braids. He was like, fuck this. I'm John Rule, nigga. Fuck. What else could I not do wrong? Like, you know, I, I, like it's is crazy, right? They made the Murder, Inc. collaboration album, like two of them. Now, the first one was a classic. But that second one, they was wilder. They had to relax the whole entire Murder, Inc., but, you know, it's just, like, crazy. So, like, Ja is going at 50. 50 going at that job. But Ja was putting out some shit. And 50 linked up. See, this is the thing about him. was, he was M&M 50 has had words before. But when 50 signed to, to that fucking machine, that motherfucking Interscope Records, and Jimmy Iovine and all of them, and Dr. Dre, and Eminem, it was over. So now you he combining fans from, like, the Midwest... Fans that are, like, like, rebellious. Fans that are f- not fully educated hip-hop fans. And this is, why, this is why I, I, how I feel about it. And you can you combine that with some, some grimy-ass niggas that's fucking just from, like, the bottom-type fans, you know? And Ja Roo wants to go back to rapping, like, that, you know... Like, that fucking shit, like, going hard and shit. And Ja couldn't do that shit. Even though Ja released, like, a, a few freestyles and shit like that. He dropped he dropped the, you know, they can't keep a good man down. That and clap back. Clap back could have been a little bit better. I think that's when Ja Rule realized he lost. His clap back was, like, a dope-ass beat. But it, it just it just wasn't the right song to, like, be going at 50. 50 was dropping shit from, like, the planet Mars to drop right on Ja Rule's head. It was crazy. And, you know, he had, like, the fucking made-you-look freestyle. He came and Eminem. This is the only motherfucker I, that I came at Eminem with some good shit. Like, and he didn't survive it, but, you know, he said, M, your mother's a crackhead, girl's a slut. He said, what's happening gonna be when she grow up? And he's like, murder. That was the hardest shit Ja Rule- like, of course, I didn't really rap it thoroughly. But if you go look it up and listen to that, that shit was like crazy. But then he just it wasn't enough. And once like the Fed shit started coming out, he started doing these fucking uh, B T movies with fucking uh, Latoya Luckett and uh, fucking uh, he's doing all these fucking Donald Goings B C movie type deals and Master P movies and shit. Ja Rule just start... He did, like, six movies with Steven Seagal. Like, Ja Rule life was just falling apart. He didn't even see it. You know? And I think he got too caught up in, the, in, in, in that California Hollywood life and that shit ruined his shit. So he never recovered from that. And when Irv got knocked, it was just, like, a whole different thing. They could not come back the same. Like, he had the fucking... New York, New York song and shit, and and, and that shit was just a, like that's a, but that song wasn't really a song that was for jobs. That was for like New York, cause we, I me mean, saying we, you know, New York is it, it, it's just a state, you know, but as a New Yorker, you f- that song was needed, cause like the South was coming so hard with everything, everything they did was kind of hard. So, you know, um, you know that had to come out. But it just couldn't save Ja Rule, man. I think that his fans just really just abandoned Ja. And I think all in all, I think that's the real sadness about Ja Rule's career is that he could still be rapping right now and making hits, but he's trying to chase something that he already had in the past from fans who never really loved them in the first place. Like, that's just crazy to me. I don't know. If you don't if you don't believe me, it gotta be something on like the internet that shows the fan base of uh, artists or like a certain year unlike their career, a certain time of year or decade, whatever. And you're gonna see, I bet you'll be a bunch of Midwest white people that love Ja Rule when he was popping, when he had, like, the Pain is Love album and all the other shit. I bet you, a trillion dollars, right? But that's why he's not relevant now, because those fans aren't real. The problem I have with most white Americans is that they love the black culture so much, and they love to fucking indulge in it, but when they done with it, they done with it. So it's just like... It's like inciting a fucking riot. It's like you go to somewhere and you just do something, you get it all going, get it all popping, and you just leave, and that's what they do. And I think that's what they did to like Ja Rule. Like they got him all pumped up, and Ja, <coughs> Ja are this, Ja you're that, and then Ja's like, yeah, you know what? I am all that, man. Yeah, they Ja, you can wear this fucking bedazzled bandana and bedazzled leather avarex. And you can get these these uh straight-back cornrows, you know. No, they, they they look good. They don't look like no braids that's struggling. You can do this, Ja. And Ja believed these white motherfuckers or whoever was in his in, his, in his, his team, in his corner, and they just let Ja fail, you know. And he never recovered, man. So seeing that video about Ja, with, with Ja, I see anything. Just the fact that 50 Cent bought – 200 tickets in the front row of his concert and let them empty. That's fucked up. Like, he got to dance with the devil every fucking time. <laughs> and he would never win. You know, that's crazy. But that's Ja Rule, man. That's like the, the, the life and the life and times, the, the rise and fall of Ja Rule. And, um, you know, the birth of the fake hip hop fans, man. Well, that's just that. I had to get that off my chest. Like I said, this is unscripted. But the f- just if you listen to this podcast, of course follow, and you know favorite. Um, but think about that though. Think about how hip hop in the two thousands were fan wise compared to, the, to like the fans not like the nineties. That's it. So anyway. This is the Baby Daddy Podcast. I am the Baby Daddy, and I'm signing out, and you enjoy your day. Peace.